guys, welcome to today's episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. Today we're going to go a little bit off topic. So we're typically topic talking marketing, retention, leadership, and this time I'm going to take a, a subject that I get asked about a lot, which is how, what advice would you give to somebody that wanted to start their own business or that wanted to pursue maybe a passion project? So you might be in that boat. I ran a poll on Instagram and that was one of the biggest things that uh, I got asked. And also LinkedIn, Facebook, I always get messages. Hey, Barbara, I followed your career. I'm curious, how did you get started? You know, what would you do to start a business right now? What advice would you give someone? And so I do, I, I share that advice often, but I thought, hey, since everybody asks, why don't we do a full episode about that? So today, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna share just a few tips on if I was starting a business today, having the 10 plus years of experience that I do having launched a business, what would I do differently or where would I start? So if this interests you, I think you're gonna like it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast, a show for busy multifamily and real estate professionals that wanna kick butt in their careers without sacrificing their lives or their sanity. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step -step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. Okay, so maybe you already know exactly the type of business that you want to undertake. Maybe you don't though, right? Maybe you have an idea that you would love to be an entrepreneur and you have a few ideas floating around, but you're like, which one is the right one? So the very first thing that I want you to think about if you're not sure on what type of business to start is to ask yourself, what is it that people always ask me for? What do my friends come to me for advice about? What am I known for? So for me, it was kind of a broad thing. I was the girl that if things weren't going right, people would say, I need a plan. I need a plan, how do I fix this? And I love to dissect things into plans. But from there, knowing my big kind of overarching what my friends, family, colleagues would always come to me for, then I decided to niche down even more. And I thought, what is a topic that I feel really passionate about? And marketing was that for me. So I love to make a plan, but the only thing that I love more than making a plan is a marketing plan or a business plan. So that was kind of how I started my, you know, my wheels turning is, I was working for a large company at the time, an ad, an ad agency, Front Media Solutions. You guys are familiar. They're now CoStar. And my clients would always say, okay, I get this with the ad, but here are other questions that I have. Can we make a plan, troubleshoot this community? And I love to make a full-on marketing plan. So that really helped me to start thinking about the type of business I would offer. So if you're not sure of what kind of business you want, that's the very first thing I want you to kind of brainstorm on is, what do people come to me? What am I known for? And let that be the jumping off point. You guys saw mine was first a broad one where it was like people came to me for a plan, maybe a problem they were having to break it up. But then I wanted to niche down because I knew that that would be, um, it would provide a focus for me, right? I didn't want to just be somebody's problem solver. I'm, I'm not good at solving all problems but I am good at making a plan when it relates to business and marketing. So think in terms of big, but then think about how you can scale it down. Now, if you already have a business, maybe it's uh, you know an MLM or something else that you're a part of, 
Or maybe it's just something that you've been doing on the side, like some sort of a craft that you sell or something that you could teach people that can also be a jumping off point. So that's the very first step is getting clear on what exactly it is that's going to become your expertise. What are you going to be known for? So next up, I want you to let your mind imagine yourself 10 years from now, which is about where I'm at when I launched my business from the time I launched to now. And I want you to think about what would this business look like if it was very successful? So for me, I had no idea what Sprout was going to evolve into. And these were some of the questions that I didn't ask and I didn't get clarity enough. It evolved into the type of business it is. If I was starting over, I would definitely get really clear on these. So a couple of things, I've got my notes here. Is this a business you're gonna do 100% yourself or are you gonna have a partner? And there's no right or wrong. So some of you guys don't know, I started Sprout originally by myself and I invited a coworker to be part of Sprout with me. And just as we started, she kind of decided, you know what, I wanna go back to school. I wanna pursue a whole different other career in child development, and she did that. And so for about a year, I was working on Sprout by myself, and really, my partner was my husband. He was who I bounced everything off of. We did trade shows together. But then a year in, I started realizing, you know what, there's a lot of the parts of the business that I just don't have the capacity for, a lot of the back-end business stuff. So I was selling, I was marketing, I was doing the trade shows, following up on leads, fulfilling, and I was struggling to invoice and to just continue to grow some sort of a business. So I made the decision to have a partner, and I reached out to my best friend, Lauren, and it just worked. It happened to work. Not every partnership is gonna work as well as ours has. I've heard some horror stories. I think that you know um, you have to really know who you're getting into business with and you have to have something stronger than the business beforehand before you go into it. Um, so I would definitely caution you know, um, about making that decision early on and really thinking that through. So again, getting clarity on that. Do you want employees or not? So another, another kind of lesson for me is we started hiring employees after we became profitable and um, it just became a business that needed employees. Looking back, is that how I would have built the business? Now, I'm not sure. Right now, the way the business is, has evolved, it absolutely requires employees. There is no way that Lauren and I could do what we do alone. But there's some options, right? So even like during this time with what's going on with COVID-19, Having employees is a whole nother level of stress as a business owner because you feel responsible for those people. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just something you need to weigh, weigh at the beginning. If you want a business where you're not having to manage people, you might decide to go the route of hiring contract workers. And that's a totally viable option depending on the type of business. Or you might say, I'm gonna be a solopreneur. This is just something I'm gonna do 100% on my own or my spouse is gonna help me. Um, also deciding, are you gonna get a loan or not? We did not. Um, we didn't require a lot of money to just get going. We were creating stuff and we were doing that on our own. And thankfully my husband had revenue. So for the first few months, when I didn't make an income, he was supporting us. You have to make that decision again yourself. Some, some businesses, you're gonna need inventory and things like that, so you might need a loan. I will tell you, not having a loan allowed me and Lauren to make decisions that we maybe wouldn't have made or wouldn't have had the freedom to make if we knew that there was somebody else we had to pay money back to. So 
yes, it was a lot slower to get a profit and to have a paycheck. But other than that, when money did start rolling in, the money was ours and we didn't owe it to anybody else. Something else is to think about is what is, is this going to be a side hustle or a long-term project? So you might be working right now full time and this might be something that is always going to be something you do in the evenings and weekends. And it's maybe never going to be a huge revenue generator, but just a little something to supplement and something that you're excited about. And that's totally cool. If though, long-term you want this to be your long-term business, you're gonna go into it with a different mindset, right? So how will you work to get to a place where there's enough revenue to replace the revenue that you're making? Or are you just gonna take a leap? And that goes back to the loan or if you have a spouse or a significant other that's gonna help you out or even a family member. The other thing to really think about, and this is gonna depend again on the type of business, is what's your revenue model? So for example, when I first started, we were doing projects. It would be consulting projects. You'd get paid for one project and I'd have to look for the next project. That was okay, but it was very stressful. You finished one job and immediately you had to either have something that you were selling in the pipeline or, um, you know, or else go sell it and, and not get revenue for a little bit. We eventually switched to a reoccurring revenue model, which is what our membership is. And eventually, even after, we started to sell product. So depending on your model, you're going to have to get clarity on that, and that's going to affect your timeline. My suggestion would be to try to do anything at the very beginning that will generate revenue immediately coming in. So you may take on some one-on-one -on -one projects. You might have to do some work for free to build your resume and to build your, your um, experience. But the sooner that you get something that you can kind of stockpile some cash, so is it a product that doesn't cost a lot of money, like a digital product? Is it a course that you could pre-sell? Is it a tutorial that you do to kind of get people interested? So you always wanna have a plan for how the money is gonna come because if there's no money coming in, it's a hobby, it's not a business, right? So if this is really a business and a revenue source for you, really think from the very beginning of, how am I going to generate revenue? And it can change later. But if you don't have money at the beginning to operate, it becomes really, really stressful. The next piece of advice that I would get is once you know the type of business and you've kind of clarified some of those things that we talked about full time versus side hustle type of revenue model loan, no loan, that type of thing. Once you clarify those things, I want you to get really clear on who you're going to serve. So who is your customer? And you guys probably have heard of doing an exercise of finding your ideal customer avatar. And it might seem silly because you might be like, you know what, I'm selling this, it's for moms, blah, blah, blah. I already know who my customer is. I would still encourage you to get really clear and have a person in mind. So we didn't do that at the very beginning. And that led to creating a lot of different things for different people and saying yes to projects that we probably shouldn't have said yes to because they were not the ideal client. So that also, um, you'll have people that maybe then are more concerned about price versus quality or versus working with you. Again, at the beginning, you might do that just to generate some revenue. Had we had a clear avatar it would have been easier to say, hey, you know what, when this person continues to ask for these things that we can't do, um, instead of trying to figure out how to make it work, it's just not our avatar. They, 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 they don't want the service that we really are offering and long term it just leads to headaches. 
So I would get really clear who is this person. And something that you guys that I didn't have um, the advantage of is there's this thing called Facebook groups now, right? You can do your research very easily on Facebook, on Pinterest, and on YouTube. So let's say that you're wanting to um, come into a business where it has something to do with, let's say, skincare, and you decide, you know, I'm interested in this, I already know who it is. Join some groups on people, follow some different accounts, read the comments, read what people are saying, what are their pain points? You may have an idea of what you think the pain point is, but when you read it specifically on a comment, what you can do, and this is a marketing hack, Take that verbiage and almost word for word, use the most common words that you see, right? So if somebody's like, yeah, my skin, it's like I'm in my 40s and why is my skin breaking out all of a sudden and it makes me not feel confident. In your copy, when you start creating marketing campaigns and email campaigns and things like that, you're going to be able to really speak to their number one fears and their number one concerns and how your service or your product offers a solution. And I just pulled the skincare thing out. It could be literally anything, but using that language makes you more relatable from the start. Your audience is like, hey, she gets me. She knows me. And you don't have to be your avatar to speak to your avatar. So some people think I have to be just like my audience. And I personally, I don't think that I am our avatar's audience exactly. And so sometimes that is a challenge because you have to think through some of the things that they're going through differently, but you get really clear on it. So do your research. And the reason I mentioned YouTube and um, Pinterest is because you can start typing in things in there, search like somebody else would be searching. So like, you know, how to clear up my skin, start typing that in Pinterest and see what other things come up under it. Because what Pinterest is doing is it's, it's smart. It's like a search engine. It's telling you these are the most common search terms that sort of match what you're searching. YouTube is the exact same and so is Google. So you'll start to see by search volume just what people are looking for. And the same thing when you follow other accounts, you're not trying to steal what they do, but you're seeing what are the people saying in the comments? How are they hashtagging? How are they talking? What seems maybe they're using this, you know, this is their angle and I see an opportunity to be a hundred percent different. So like, for example, with us, like, you know, there's a lot of programs out there where people can make their own flyers. That's not my ideal customer. I don't want somebody that wants to sit in front of a computer for three or four hours to make one flyer because just doesn't make sense, right? I want somebody that totally understands that they might get marketing and they may have a great idea, but they're going to leave it to people that can do it like this so that they can do their operations at their community. That clarity starts really letting you talk. So it's like when we do a marketing campaign, it's easy for me to say, hey, if you don't want to sit behind a computer and mess around with a flyer for three hours because you know your time is better spent in front of your residence, let me show you a better option. But I can talk to that person because I know them very, very well. So that would be my next plan is to do your research. Don't think that just because you know that you know. And some of the research, it can be your friends, it can be your family, if they're your avatar. Let's say that it's a group of like-minded girlfriends like you have, there's your focus group right there. So ask them, what are you struggling with when it comes to this? And really pay attention, take notes, write down those specific words. That is marketing gold right there. So you know the type of business, you know who you're talking to. The next thing I would do is make sure that you invest in you. Some of you are coming in here a lot more seasoned than I walked in the door. I didn't have very much business experience. I'd always worked for others. 
Now, I did have a great mentor, but I realized really quickly that I was going to need to invest in myself to be ready to launch the kind of business that I wanted to. So after we had a little bit of revenue, this was, I think, um, right very early on when Lauren and I um, joined forces, we decided to invest in Marie Forleo's B-School. And for those of you that aren't familiar, you can Google it. But it's a program that um, it was, I think it was several thousand dollars at the beginning, big investment for us. But what was awesome about the program is once we paid for it once, we would have access to it every single year and she relaunches every year. It was the best blueprint on how to start and launch a business and it's just evolved even more now to cover things. So that was a really great start. Um, throughout the years, we've hired one-on-one coaches. You guys have heard me talk about our business coach, David. We work with Michael Hyatt also through a group coaching program. So again, I don't I don't recommend all of those all at once, but I would say invest in yourself in areas that you're weak. So if you're going to do your own accounting and maybe you're weak there, but you do want to take over, you want to make sure you know your money situation, invest in a course that helps you understand how to set up your systems or, um, you know, different things like that. Just look at a blueprint and say, where do I want to invest in to invest back in me? Because I love the quote that says you can uh, compress decades into days or months by learning, right? By getting a coach that's paved the way before you. The other thing is I would say go ahead and hire out what doesn't come super um, intuitively to you. And you might be thinking, I don't have any money. You can get really lean with this as well. So for example, if you are going to be doing a website, but you have no idea how to build a website, if you have the time to learn how to be, do do a website and build it, and right now you have just all the time in the world, go for it. Learn. There's plenty of YouTube videos. You can piece it together. But if you don't and you have a small amount of money, you can use services like Upwork. Um, there's a ton that you can find freelancers that are willing, and especially right now in this economy, there are many that are willing to negotiate even on their rates. So what you are going to take maybe weeks or months to figure out, make a list and decide, okay, these are the 10 things I will tackle. Like you're the face, you're going to create the program, you know, whatever you'll tackle that, but maybe your accounting and your website, you're going to have somebody else do. So, and you might be super tech savvy and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, the technology that you'll need. But just decide. So you're going to spend it somehow. You're either going to spend it with time or with money. You just have to decide. And I think early on, decide that. At the very beginning, Lauren and I, we learned how to do a lot. Like we built our own through the website. Lauren built it, the very first one. Later, we had an intern who's still with us. She's our creative director now, built us our, you know, our next site. And every time they got better. So um, there's definitely ways to do it and to do it on a budget. But just remember, you're going to spend the money some way. So get really clear at the beginning on how you're going to do that. Next up is figuring out how you're going to communicate with your audience. So nowadays with um, social media, you have options. First of all, are you going to be the face of your company or are you going to do it through other ways? Will you have other people showcase what you do or just decide that early on? At the beginning, ours was educational and I kind of became like the sprout person 
which has been good and bad because, you know, um, many times when people want to work with us, even though we have an extremely stellar team, they're like, oh, but we wanted to work with Barbara. Not because I'm the best, but because they just saw me on there. And so that took some time to overcome and to really build up the team's reputation as well. So you just get clear on that and then decide where you're going to communicate. So for us early on, we were doing a lot of videos, a Q&A every Wednesday, and it started to build up people knowing what to look for. If I could go back and do it different, I would have stayed more consistent to that. And I think that's why even now we've got, you know, the podcast, we have a blog, we have so many different ways we communicate. But having a consistent, um, it's easier now because we have a team to help do this. But early on, I would just pick one platform and make sure that you're showing up regularly there. And then the second piece to that is have a way to capture leads off of that platform. So let's say that your place is going to be Instagram for sure, but then make sure that you have a way that directs them to the next piece of advice is, which is to have a website. And you can even do this before you're 100% ready to launch. So you can do teasers, you can do things, you can give away like a free opt-in, you know, like a, a tip sheet or something like that where people exchange their email for something that you're doing. It could be a coupon, it could be, I mean, it could be anything. So biggest piece of advice is, Get very clear on where you're going to communicate and then have a way to capture leads. And so for us, just to kind of give you some of my favorites, our website is on Squarespace. It is so user friendly. Lauren set it up initially, but now, you know, me that I'm not even very like crazy, crazy tech savvy. I can go in there. It's easy to build out blogs. It's easy to have opt-ins. It has places where you can gather leads. You can send emails straight from the platform. So having everything in one place has been really great. So for me, I cannot I cannot sing Squarespace's praises uh, anymore. It's been the easiest. But for you, it might be different. Um, same thing that when we communicate now, all of our platforms have a way to opt in. So on Instagram, we use um, a, a third-party app. It's not expensive, but you add it on there, and it's called Tap Bio. So when people click on our profile, there's a spot for them to join our newsletter list and it's a third party app. And then that feeds into our system to make sure that when we send out our weekly emails, all those new leads are getting in there. So capture leads. And most of the time people don't want to give you their email unless you're going to have something of value. Don't get stuck in the fact that you're like, I don't have everything figured out in my business. I would say build your leads first. So find something small that you can give give to people and even your website, even if it's a one page landing page, which you can do through Squarespace, just one page that people get to know you and what you are, then you can start collecting those leads. The more leads you have, those leads are what will convert into dollars when you're ready to sell. So just get really clear on that. So again, how will you communicate? What's your platform? And and you might love Instagram, but your audience might be on Facebook or they might be on TikTok, right? So learn to communicate where they want to communicate. That's been something we're always having to shift because our audience continues to shift. And um, the other thing I would say is don't neglect LinkedIn as a professional network. So you might showcase your work elsewhere, but as a person, build a network on LinkedIn. It has the highest organic reach right now. And it's a great way. You, you're always like one connection away from the next level of your career. So do that, start that early. And um, yeah, just don't worry about having it all figured out at the very beginning. 
So there you have it. That's my advice if I was pressing rewind and starting this whole thing all over again. So if this has been something that's been on your heart or you've maybe shared it with a friend, but just like, oh, it's not a big deal. I've just been maybe thinking about this or maybe dreamt of being an entrepreneur since you were a little kid. Um, think about it. This has been one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done in my life. It has also been one of the most challenging. So going in without blinders on is going to be really helpful that it's going to be hard before it's easy. And every few years, it's hard again. So for us, we've had incredible years. And then we've had setbacks that have just been challenging. So that comes with having teams that comes with just, you know, creating revenue streams, and then with unforeseen circumstances, like what we've seen now. But I still would do it again. I've loved it. And so um, if you guys have any other questions that maybe I didn't answer on this podcast, go to our Instagram, Sprout Marketing, just search for our handle and drop them in the DMs. I'd love to talk with you. Or if you just need some advice or, you know, have a question to go a little more in depth, I will try to share as many of these resources. And if you want to see this uh, podcast in a blog format or watch the video of it, some of you are already doing that, just go to marketinghomemarketingyou.com and you'll find it there. It'll be the latest episode. And if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review, leave us a rating. Um, we'd love to hear it. It always makes us feel good to know what you guys want to hear about. And we want to make sure that we're producing more things that are creating value in your life. So there you go. Happy sprouting friends. I'll see y'all next week. Bye.